when when I recorded Creature of Habit, uh, and I'm already smiling about what I'm about to say because, you know, for for the people who love um, what is it called, like. Uh, uh, crucifying people so the for the people who need to you know throw me on a spit and serve me up as a fish stick or whatever after this you're totally allowed to but you know it's it's not the worst crime in the world because um i think i did say not i think i did say i actually said that i remember the the um photographic caption that came with that um episode a creature of habit was uh, something from Friends, and I said, "Oh, you know, I always go back to Friends, and I like to watch them over and over and over again, the episodes." And then, guess what? A couple of weeks ago, um, with all the <laughs> the ugliness that had been going on in the workplace, I don't know. I just decided to start watching Frasier, and you know, I started with season eleven, and I thought, mm, "That's not too bad." And then I thought, well, it, you know, the best thing to start with anything is to start from the beginning. So I didn't quite go to the beginning. Actually, I went, I think, I can't remember, either season three or season five and watched those as well. And I remember just, you know, it was it was so hilarious. It helped me through um, that really difficult period when I was fighting for contracts and um, retention bonuses and God knows what. And, you know, I'd, 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 I'd make a point of, at the end of the day, once I'd finished my work at 4 p.m., was to turn, was to tune into um, the Frasier episodes and just binge on them, like from that moment on. But you know me, sometimes I fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I fall asleep after watching one or two or three episodes back to back, but then I'd come back to them and rewind them and go over them again, and I'd be like... How is it that I've never watched this before, that it never held my attention before? Because it's really wicked humor. And it's, 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 uh, it's, it's just something I've come to enjoy, like, totally and wholeheartedly. And I'm like, ah, you mean there's life beyond being a creature of habit? You mean... And, and I know some of you may not necessarily share that um, sentiment because you're all like, Frasier, what's that? Yeah, Frasier um, went into production in 1993. So we are not to- we're still not talking about any one of these newfangled modern uh, programs that people are sort of wanting to watch and to recommend to people, which I, I don't know, maybe by the time I get... I mean, we're in 2021 and I'm just now getting around to watching stuff from 1993. So if you do the math, <laughs> by the time I start watching things that are in production this year... <sighs> let us just say it's going to be 28 years from now or thereabouts. Um, yeah, but I, 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 I'm, I'm uh, glad that I've been able to uh, get out of my rut, um, get out of my box, get out of myself and think about, you know, there's other things out there in the world. And it's also helped, you know, uh, with the topic that we've had uh, going on recently about toxic workplaces and Sunday scaries is another thing that I found to be very helpful during the week so that, you know, um, even if I've had a difficult day in the middle of the week, so if if I had a lot of meetings and complaints that I needed to resolve and God knows what on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday, then I know once I log off at 4 p.m. that I, all I have to do is to tune into, you know, Frasier and I can get my laughs in there. 
And granted, I may fall asleep, which is also beneficial, by the way, if you think about it, because then you fall asleep and you forget that you had all these problems in the workplace. Uh, you wake up again and you realize, oh, but I can laugh about this. And it's just a good, nice, quiet, um, entirely enjoyable evening. So um, I, I started saying to myself, and by the way, for those of you who are into trivia, if you ever get around to watching Frasier, or if you know what I'm talking about, there's a character uh, that works in the radio station with him. Uh, her name's Rose Doyle. And that, um, uh, how would I say, that was supposed to go to Lisa Kudrow. So Lisa Kudrow is Phoebe from Friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the, the trivia does tie up the two at the end of the day. So she, she, she didn't get the the position she wasn't cast for the for rose doyle on uh, frasier but then it worked out really well for her because she ended up being cast as phoebe in friends and when you think about it who would have played her better you know and and then it makes you realize you know things work out the way they're supposed to work out as in the universe just goes around the way it's supposed to go around because th there's no other way if you think about it we as far as i know there was the best uh, people cast for Friends. There was the best people cast for um, Frasier. Um, so that even if in 10 or 20 or 50 years or I don't know, wherever we go after this existence, someone comes and says, no, but there would have been something even better than this. It you'll be hard-pressed to believe it because as far as you know, that was the best that there was and you had all your laughs out of it and everything. So how is this supposed to change in any way? The only thing I find weird about uh, Frasier is, well, not weird. It's just, you know, I, I think it's a storyline that uh, doesn't make sense in that I would not ever wish that that was somebody's life, was that um, the other Dr. Crane, Niles Crane, was in love with Daphne from the moment he laid eyes on her, yet he was married to Maris at the time, uh, who, of course, we never see, <laughs> but she's quite the eccentric character. Um but, you know, he divorced her and still, for some reason, never picked up with Daphne. And Daphne went on to almost get married to somebody else called Dawn. And he ended up actually getting married to another woman who was remarkably like Maris, uh, <laughs> if you look at her. Uh, and, you know, then divorced her. And, you know, then you think, then finally, after all of these seasons of going round in circles and we can see his obsession with Daphne and how much he liked her and grew to love her, and then, you know, she finally also gets to the point of realization that, oh, God, this guy loves me. And you're like, why would it take these people all these years to realize that they're meant for each other? And this is why I was saying I have such a problem um, uh, being down with that narrative because I'm like... <sighs> I don't want life to be like that. Can you imagine if, if, if you knew you loved somebody um, 10 years ago and you were still pining for them like for five years and then you decide, ah, what the hell, let me get married to somebody else. And then, of course, because they were not the person for you, you divorced them. And then, you know, you sat around for a bit and, oh, here comes 10 years later and the person that you knew you loved and wanted to be with then is who you're opting for now. Well, it's it's a good ending, yes, in that it's happily ever after, which, of course, I don't believe in, <laughs> but, you know, to each his own. Um, but it just talks about a lot of wasted opportunity. It talks about a lot of um, nearsightedness, if I, if I could use that word, because how do you have what you want right under your nose and you're too, I don't know, afraid 
um, you know, I mean, in this day and age, maybe not right now because I, at this time in my life, I wouldn't be the one to say, oh, I, you know, I'll shoot my shot if I need to. No, I probably won't. <laughs> but um, 10 years ago, uh, 20 years ago, given the uh, opportunity, I would have shot my shot. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Things may not work out the way that you wanted them to. You know, things may go in a different direction. Things may just not pan out at all. But, you know, you put yourself out there and you said, look, I like you. Do you think there's a possibility um, for this to happen? And you get your answer back from the other person. Uh, because if, if, I, if I look at people I knew 10 or 20 years ago, there's nobody that I think to myself, oh, that's the one that I lost or that's someone that I still feel that I would want to pick up with wherever we left off or whatever. No, I shot my shot. They shot their shot. We did what we needed to do in terms of if we needed to try and have a relationship or it just was not working out or whatever. And you've sort of moved on from that. And, you know, I'd, I'd never think to myself that um, someone for me in the future would be someone that I knew in the past. <sighs> It's it's possible, I'm, I I don't know, but it wouldn't be because um, I was too scared to try or to express myself or to... And I hope it wasn't the same for them either, because I think if there's one thing that gets my goat, like, don't ever come to me and say, oh, but I used to love you, or, you know, I was pining for you, and you never gave a single indication that that is what was going on. I mean, honestly, then what do you want me to do? Like, tell you, oh, yes, even me, I wish... I just think to myself, you bloody idiot, what were you waiting for? Um, whatever the circumstances were, and I know this sounds controversial, and like I said, if you want to... <laughs> roast me of a spit that's that's totally up to you but you know i think to myself even even if someone is um taken or whatever and you really like them just say to them you know what i know you're taken but i like you or i know you are um not available but i just wanted to tell you how i feel about you i think as human beings we are so scared of oh what will they think of me oh i can't put myself out there in that way um, but let me tell you, if it has to do with this thing called love and living life and whatever, I mean, go for it. I, I, I'm going to say again, I don't necessarily believe in the kind of happily ever after love that, you know, storybooks used to feed us. And I think to myself, if, if I, well, it's not going to happen, but if, if I have a child, a, a grandchild or someone that, you know, I have a chance to influence their lives. I'll tell them. I'll not even let them read storybooks. I'm not going to let them read, um, I don't know, ladybird classics and things like that because I'm like, ah, this this, this messes, messed up a lot of lives. It made people think that, you know, there's some fairy tale formula to things, which there isn't, or that you don't have to work hard to make relationships work, and it's not that way. Or that, you know, Prince Charming will come and save you. So it doesn't matter whether you're in debt. It doesn't matter whether you're sick. It doesn't matter whether you are an idiot. There's a Prince Charming out there that's going to come and rescue you uh, from all your foolishness and misery and, I don't know, um, poverty and God knows what. And it's it's just not true. Um, I don't know whether today is a day of controversy, but um, I, I was thinking about, you know, the way lately there have been a few stories of, 
uh, how would you say, like um, serial killers who especially target um, teenage girls or young children. And it, it, it got me thinking, you know, the way you had your upbringing and you considered it to be normal. So let's say you had a happy childhood, whatever that consisted of, and you, and you made it out to be normal. And so you gauge everybody else's experience by that. Do you know that that's not true for everybody? Because there's someone else who grew up in a home where they were being um, physically um, or emotionally or in any other way abused. And that was the norm for them. And maybe they're not going to tell you they had an, an unhappy childhood or that they had a happy childhood, but that was what was normal for them. So that even as they're coming into adulthood, if they were being emotionally abused, they do not see someone emotionally abusing another child as being different from their experience. And even for them as parents, they don't see that as being um, not the norm because that was the norm for them. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, and I'm not trying to justify uh, people who do these kinds of things, but I'm just trying to say that sometimes you have to not use the same yardstick by which you judge yourself or by which you've lived your life or have had your experiences to judge everybody else because they probably do not know what you're talking about. If I say to somebody, oh, you know, when we were kids, we'd go to Huru Park and we'd take boat rides in the, in the pond, there's people who'd be like, what's that? I mean, how were you able to do that? Or to say we used to go to Kenchik every Sunday and, you know, there was the chicken on the rotisserie that we'd have and then we'd go to snow cream and everyone would get a cone of vanilla ice cream and if it were really good, maybe we'd get sprinkles on them. And there's people who, for them, they're like, I don't even know what that means. And, you know, we grew up in I grew up in a two-parent household where I never knew that there was a problem. And when I became of age, I realized the problems that were in that household that I had no idea about because they were sort of not out there. We didn't know what was going on. If there was things going on that were not supposed to have been going on, we had no idea. And yet there's somebody else who would say their father beat up their mother, toss them out into the night, um, drink heavily, fall asleep, I don't know, in the gutter outside the house or whatever. And that was the norm for them. And if they do that or if they see people doing that, they don't see that it's a big deal because, you know, hey, that's how we grew up. <sighs> I don't know how I went into that tangent, but I think I need to stop. Um, but that's something to think about. You have a very, very nice week ahead. Bye-bye. <laughs>